Hello, and welcome back to Inside the Park from Babson Park. I'm Jonathan Liskov, and for the 18th episode of my sports business podcast, I am joined once again by Jack Montgomery. Jack was the Chatham GM liaison this summer and my baseball operations partner, and it was such a fantastic summer being able to spend a day by day by day with him at the ballpark. We bounced so many ideas off each other, and we did exactly what we wanted to this summer as far as establishing a baseball operations program within the Chatham Anglers. We get into that and a lot more throughout the interview, but the baseball operations program at the Chatham Anglers before uh, always used statistics, understanding who you're playing and understanding what it looks like, the roster and the pitchers and where they're from and what their numbers look like. But we took that to another level this summer. Jack and I went in depth with some more data and we attempted to try and give the coaches the best idea we could on how to get hitters out, on what to avoid throwing to certain hitters, and what to look for when you're facing pitchers, both starters and out of the bullpen. Um, we were very proud of our work, and we hope to see it continue within the Chatham Anglers. Jack gets into that, he explains it, and he does a great job helping you understand really what this summer looked like within this episode. So without further ado, here is the second installment with Jack Montgomery. Today I am joined once again by Jack Montgomery, the former GM liaison for the Chatham Anglers. Jack, what a season it was. Yeah, it was. Great season. We, uh, you know, not the result we wanted, of course, but all in all, I think you and I both learned a lot, and we uh, to come away from a summer like that on the Cape, there's really not much better. It really it it was a great summer, and like I like you mentioned, I mean we wanted to win a couple more games. I was a little bit optimistic around the midway point in the season that things were going to turn around, and we got a little bit hot. Um, things started to look really good, and we were like, oh my gosh, we can make a playoff push, and then that four game home stand at home was kind of what what did us in. And it's to no fault of the players or the coaches. We ran into a couple of really good teams at home and had a couple of bad yep. losses, and that kind of set us back. But I honestly really do think that the team, with all the turnover, 53 players coming in and out of the door this year, that's a tough, tough situation to go to the park every day and win a game against a really good Brewster team or a really good Bourne team or whoever you're playing with. Oh, yeah, it's really tough. There's no doubt. Um, and personally, I think from the get-go, we were one of the best teams in that league. And I still believe that to this day. Just pure, pure, purely based on talent, I think we had one of the best rosters. I just think we didn't put it all together at the same time. you know. And you started to see flashes of it towards the end of the year when we beat Wareham. We beat Brewster. We beat Orleans three out of four straight. So we played Orleans three games in a row, and we beat them all three, you know? Yeah. Uh, it's like you started to see flashes of a really good team coming together, and it just it came together a little later than we wanted it to. And yeah. for me, you look at that, and basically if you say, well, you know what? If this team had done this all year, I we could have done something special. Yeah, and – I think I'm going to ask you a question kind of towards the middle of the interview about working side-by-side with Tom Holiday. But Coach Holiday did such a great job this year with the players, just putting them in positions where everyone seems like they were super happy with what was going on. 
Uh, there's a lot of turnover, so that's tough with roster. But it seems like he kept everyone in a good space. Like, he was balancing the pitchers well. He was getting Sebastian Keen opportunities to start and come out of the bullpen. With Same with Osman, same with Nielsen. And, like, these guys were – it's a tough situation. The Cape League, I've heard from a couple anonymous scouts and a couple anonymous executives around the league that – it's it's starting to feel a little bit too much like a showcase and less of, of a league. And I I know from what I've heard about going forward with the team, they want to have a little bit more of a team going forward, which makes complete sense. But as of this year, I think TH, all the coaches, all the front office staff did a great job keeping players happy with so much turnover. I totally agree. I mean, I think Tom does a really phenomenal job of just motivating the guys and knowing how to just kind of convince them or, like, like kind of convince them, like, hey, look, we're struggling right now. If we do these things well and we start to play the game the right way, we have a chance to win. And you saw it come together at the end of the year. We were stealing bases. We were putting guys on. We were getting base hits, not trying to hit home runs. We had – guys who would we'd pull off the hit and run which is seemingly forgotten in today's baseball or today's version of baseball but so like we'd have hit and runs on and it worked and it worked in our favor and with a team like that and the team we had being able to do stuff like a hit and run and scratch across runs that's valuable in this league and to go back to what you said about the showcase point I think it's starting to feel a little bit like showcase baseball with all the player and roster turnover and I think there was an issue with that solely with the draft this year being when it was right in the middle of the season. Right. You know, you change that, you change that. I mean, you lose half your team pretty much. If not like some guys lose like a good amount of guys to the draft. Other teams don't lose that many. We lost a lot of big names like Austin Vernon, you know, like he was one of our best pitchers by far. We lost him to the draft. Very quickly. Adam Scoggins, another guy who was very good. You know, there are names out there that you lose to the draft and there's not much you can do about it in terms of um, who's on your team and who's not. But if you're able to keep more of those guys for an entire summer, that's a game changer. That's a season changer, really. A guy like Vern with a veteran presence who knows how the Cape League works. He's played here before. And I'm not saying Vern should have stayed. I'm very happy for him in the Tampa Bay Rays organization, of course. But that veteran leadership is huge in this league. Absolutely. And um, I think that was kind of a good start to what a, the questions that I want to ask you. So I'm going to start right at the beginning of the summer. So I got to Chatham on June 13th. I think you were the, the 13th as well. Correct. So we got to Chatham on June 13th, and from the 13th to the 20th, it was a week of practice. So that was a lot of just getting to know the coaches, getting to know the players. Uh, I met Mike for the first time. I met Mr. Sher- Mr. Bob Sherman for the first time in person. So, like, just getting to know everyone. So that was an awesome first week of being a veteran's field, watching DP. What was the running first off. Week? Yep, running the off was a lot of fun for me. That was almost a dream come true, you could say. Um, pretty the first much secured, you pretty much secured your spot as the Ox guy. Yeah. The <laughs> yeah. Um, and I, I would say I did a pretty good job throughout the year. There were some complaints here and there. Okay. All right. Well, you didn't have to expose me on, on record. But 
Uh, this is okay. twice now. I'm going to just have <laughs> you on your own podcast. <laughs> no, all right. For anyone who's listening to this, I, do, I did do a very good job on Ox. I kept a lot of people happy. And it, 40 games in 46 days, that's a lot, that's a lot of different music. That's a lot of different music. If you want to keep it fresh, 40 games, 46 days, you got to keep it fresh. Yeah, no, it's not easy. And there's a reason I didn't do it. Yeah, not easy. So the first week of practice, what were your impressions, and what do you remember the most from that first week? Uh, Mainly just the level of play. It was impressive, to say the least, um, just seeing how good some of these guys were. And I was also – um, surprised with kind of, I don't know how to phrase it. It's so like I've watched college baseball. You know, you've watched college baseball, and every team has those guys who are good and stand out. I mean, we got to this first week of practice, and all of a sudden, it seemed like every guy stood out in some facet, some way, shape, or form. You know. So like watching a guy like Caden Grice put a ball over the street, almost to the firehouse in his first round of BP, you're just watching it and you're like, holy cow. And then you see like guys like Lyle Miller-Green doing the same thing, or you watch a Seth Stevenson just range up the middle for a ball when shagging during BP. It's just, it's impressive to look at just from a fan standpoint and just like a front office standpoint, just seeing the level of talent. So that took some adjusting to get used to before I could really kind of dig into that evaluatory mode that I wanted to get into. And I, we had both ended up getting into later in the year. Yeah. I think that you, you hit it on the head. You, the first couple of days when the guys are swinging those blue old hickory bats, you're kind of go back to that fandom mode for a little bit. And we had to do our best throughout the year to make sure that we are starting to make that transition from fans to thinking like front office executives because that's ultimately where we want to be. So I think not only did we really get a good start on that this summer, making that transition from being baseball fans to being baseball, like you said, evaluators, but the first couple of days you're just like a fan again. You're watching, like you said, I don't think it's a secret that I really loved watching Caden Grice hit. I was very disappointed that he had to leave, but for a very good reason to play for Team USA and wear the red, white, and blue. Um, but seeing those guys and knowing that you're a part of that organization, for me, was a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. It's just being a part of something like that and just being able to experience it firsthand for an entire season, regardless of if I'm playing or not, that's exciting. Right. Right, so the 20th comes and the season starts. We had our first game at Falmouth. I think we were both a little bit taken aback by the tie in the, at the end of the ninth inning. <laughs> that was one of the funniest little sequences of the season. Ben and E-Man behind the mic, we'll be back with extra innings baseball. And then they're like, we're like what? we won't be back with extra innings baseball. So that kind of caught us by surprise, but... There, there were a lot of little, little tweaks like that throughout the year, understanding how the Cape League kind of, kind of works. So, as you, you ventured into being an intern for the Chatham Anglers, how is the game different for you now that you are in as an intern rather than at the fan level, like we were talking about? Um, 
that's a good question. For me, it changed. So, like, I've always looked at it with my dad and his whole background and everything. I've kind of always been watching games in an evaluatory standpoint, kind of just like, who's the best guy, you know, that sort of deal. But this was the first time I was with my own team, doing my own thing, kind of not following in his footsteps as much. So for me, it was more of like trying to figure out how I can best help our team win. What was the best way for me to do that? And so obviously I was working with Tom a lot. We were getting new players and trying to figure out all the roster turnover throughout the season. But I was also charting pitches. I was also tracking velos. I was making mental notes about which guys stood out to me and which guys didn't from the other teams. And then I was making mental notes about our own hitters, about which guys, like, were struggling and why, trying to figure out what was the – what were we lacking that could be improved. And, I mean, you and I both saw it early on. It was not necessarily plate discipline, but it was more just going up to – the plate without either an approach or without being fully prepared for what you're like about to see because all these guys up in the cape they're not throwing you don't see a lot of guys throwing 86 to 88 these are guys throwing 93 to 95 some guys 96 to 98 you know and they've got wipeout sliders you know absolute hammer curveballs okay change-ups if you're jonathan lizkov but it was just like to go up to the to try and be able to provide them with a good approach and a good mentality going into the box. We kind of started doing those. We started doing our advance reports to try and figure that out, right? And try and give them that advantage ahead of time and giving the pitcher advance reports to our coaches for if they were calling pitches to try and get an edge on the opposing team. And I think we were. I think it worked pretty well. We saw the results. It started to turn around a little bit. We started to have more competitive at bats, and we started to play more competitive games. Yeah, absolutely. So, two things. One, the first is regarding your comment about the change-ups. I'm not sure if people know, but I will go on record and say that I am a change-up guru. The change, a good change-up is my favorite pitch in baseball. I think that if I am hitting, if I'm standing in the box, and I get thrown a good changeup, it's not only the hardest pitch for me to hit, but I think it's the most impressive. To pair a really good fastball with a really good changeup, there's nothing better for me. So that that is the explanation behind your comment. And then the second part that I wanted to touch on was you kind of ventured into it, but my next question was, I want you to do your best to describe those reports that we made. So we did team-by-team hitters. So I want you to describe how that evolved over the summer because our first hitter report was a lot different than our last. I want you to to describe the pitcher report, what that kind of looked like in words. And then at the end, when you're done describing those two, I want you to tell me about what you were most proud of about the quote-unquote baseball operations department that we somewhat established this summer in – the Shadow Anglers. Uh, so I'm going to start with the pitcher report, just because there's only one, and it didn't change didn't change too much over the summer, because I think we kind of did pretty well with that one. 
Mm-hmm. We started with just um, a side-by-side view of the pitcher from the front and the back with his arm slot so that the hitters could have an idea what where the ball was coming out of when they're going up to the plate. Then we put up the heat maps on where he likes to throw his pitches the most, whether he likes to stay away from lefties or if he likes to you know, stay inside the righties. It varies for each guy. And then we put up their usages, like what do they like to do when they're ahead in the count? What's their typical first pitch to like a, or what's their usage for like how often do they throw to lefties? How often do they throw a fastball to lefties? Or with runners in scoring position, how often are they going to throw their slider? Oh, 27%? Okay, but they throw their fastball 73%, you know? So it's good to get that kind of gauge for the hitters to know, like, all right, I've got a man on second, or I've got a man on third. I can sit fastball here because this guy throws 75% fastball with runners in scoring position. Just give them a bit of a mentality in the box. And not too much. You don't want hitters overthinking or thinking too much in the box, but anything that will give them a little bit of an edge is wildly helpful. And then we added little notes about their pitches. We started with notes about how to approach them, like, oh, he likes to throw wipeout sliders to right-handed hitters. This right-handed pitcher throws wipeout sliders. Don't chase it. But we realized we're not in the box. We don't know what they're seeing, and we can't tell them what not to do because then all they're going to be thinking about is what not to do, and that's going to just get in the way of what they're trying to do, which is hitting. If we just tell them, like, hey, look, this slider is hard wipeout across the zone, he likes to throw it down and away. Or this changeup has a little bit of arm side run, but some serious sink to it. Or this fastball has a little bit of rise action to it. Now they kind of know what to expect, and they can start to differentiate between the pitches before they've even seen this guy throw. You know? And that's yes. what I think that's crazy helpful. Yes. And then for the batters and the hitter sheets we put together – we started making those just for the pitchers, I mean, for our pitching coach and our manager. And, you know, they weren't getting that much usage at first because we were letting our catchers call the games and letting them call pitches. But it started to become more of an issue when we were leaving pitches up or giving guys, like, throwing high fastballs to guys who crush high fastballs or mm-hmm. low and away change-ups to guys who love to get their hands extended and go the other way, you know? So once – we had some of the coaches start calling pitches, that sheet became way more valuable. So we started putting stuff on there like we had splits on lefties and righties. What did they, you know, who do they hit better against? Where they get, did they hit ground balls or fly balls? Were they contact, power, pull guys, you know, tools? Did they have some speed? Could they bunt? Where did they like to hit it? So we had their spray charts on there too. And then as we started working with the coaches a little more about what they wanted to see, we started adding in more. So we added in, like, pitches that get them out, you know, pitches that they will, like, um, that they love to hit. Like, you know, so, like, if a guy crushes fastballs up in the zone, we're not going to throw him a fastball up in the zone, you know? So for me, it was just when – and then we started working through kind of like, oh, what pitches does he hit really well? Does he hit fastballs well? Does he hit curveballs well? And we added that to the sheet. And so by the end of the year, we had a pretty, like, succinct sheet, like whether or not they swung at the first pitch, what pitches they really like to hit, um, splits, where they pull guys, where they not. 
and you started to see it in our pitching staff. Now, granted, look, I mean, all this information is helpful, but it comes up to the, it comes down to the players being able to execute. And I think in the games where you saw players really execute those pitches well, we were really we did really well. Like, we played really well, and it worked. Right. Us. In the games yeah, they so, did, you know, we still played well. There was just less we could do. Right. So they, before you answer the question about what you were most proud of about the department, I'll kind of cut in and say for the pitcher sheet, like you said, it kind of remained the same throughout the year. But the, at first, there were guys who they would take a peek and they'd be like, okay, we're facing a righty from Clemson today. And then you can. You would probably agree with this statement, but as the season went on, we would go down to the dugout with those sheets, and then the starting lineup was blocked to the wall. And they felt that they were going to look for a piece of information that was going to help them the most. So, for example, take Lyle Miller-Green, a right-handed hitter, who wants to slug the ball. That's his goal every day at the park is to try to put a ball in the gap or over the fence. He is not a Danny Cerretti-type hitter where – Yes, he'll take his singles. He'll, he would love to get a single, but his goal is to try and create runs. And right. he would go to, he would go to that sheet and he would try and find something that stands out. So if it's fastballs to run in scoring position, like you said, really high, that's what he would hone in on. Like th- these guys would try and find something on that sheet that would be impactful. So if Lyle likes the ball in, if he likes fastballs in and a right-handed pitcher is 35% more likely to throw a ball in the inner half. Now he knows that. And I think that the hitters started to like that. And, and for, just to go off of yep. your like, previous yeah. question, what am I most proud of? That's what it would be. We So when we first started bringing down those sheets, we had two guys who really liked to look at them, Kevin Parada and Caden Grice. You know, and Caden would look at it. He'd say, okay, X amount of fastballs to lefties. Cool. That's it. That's all he wanted to see. Kevin Prada took a little longer look at it and started to pick it apart a little bit. That was it. We didn't really have anybody else looking at that sheet. By the end of the year, we had everyone, not even everyone, but most of the guys in the starting lineup coming over and taking a look at that sheet, just trying to get a feel for who they're facing. And I think that's a testament to us and the work we did. That And it just basically goes to show you, like, hey, look, we were doing a good job here. They clearly are seeing an advantage to having these sheets, and it's helping them in the box. And if that's the case, then we're doing something right. Right. And our, our mantra throughout the summer was we need, we're we going to execute and then we're going to let the players and the coaches execute. So it was first up to us to execute that sheet and get make sure the players had that by 4.30 and make sure the players had or the coaches had their sheet by 5 so they could understand what's going to be going on during the game. And then our job of execution is done. And we – we're very, very proud because we said from the beginning, if we can get our hands on some advanced data and some data that's going to help the team, we're going to use it and we're going to use it every day. And we're going to make sure that we put them in a position where they can use it. And I think that that's something that was very, very impactful as well as something that we were very proud of because as TH said, and you can testify to this as Mike Galen told me, they want to see that continue. They they liked it. They want to see it come back next year. They don't want it to fade. So that's the kind of thing where I, I think that we were a very, very good team this summer, and I'm, I'm very happy that we could 
kind of put our ideas on paper and make it happen. Yeah, and look, I mean, we weren't the only team in the Cape League to do this or to do advance reports and, you know, break down other teams the way we were doing or have, like, a baseball ops department. But I think we were the first – this was the first year Chatham really implemented it and used it to their advantage compared to years past. Yeah. And I think that should say something about us and how we came into this season with a plan. Like, hey, look, we're going to try and do whatever we can to give our team an advantage. And I think we did. Yeah, I, I agree. And I'm, I'm very happy that we we made such a good team. I think that we said a couple times during the summer when we were in the press box that your understanding of evaluating players and looking at the game on the field and then my understanding of trying to break down numbers and see how numbers reflect certain things made us a great team. Yeah, absolutely. So, like, coming into this year, you had a better understanding of the analytics side than I did, and I obviously had a little better understanding of just, like, player evaluation than you did, and I think we kind of worked off of each other well, not going too far one way or too far the other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We kind of balanced each other out in a good way, and it allowed us to work even better because, like, I remember early in the year when we were making the sheets for the first time, it was, like, probably one in the morning in the press box. And you were looking to add some more to the sheet. And I was like, well, look, we don't want to confuse them. They're hitters, you know. We just want them hit. We don't want them overthinking. And then later on in the year, when it came to expected stats and stuff like that, you were explaining to me more the value of expected stats and the importance that that can have and what it can show you. Right. Right. And I think that that that's a little bit more towards – making decisions about players and less about the performance on the field. But, no, like you said, I'm, I'm very happy about the way that this summer went as far as the baseball operations program, and I hope it continues. And I think that uh, it's going to continue. So that, that was I a very so. good answer. Yeah, that was a very good answer, so I appreciate that. And then I want to venture kind of into something that I touched upon I wanted to ask you about, but you worked side-by-side this summer with Chatham manager Tom Holliday, Tom is a baseball lifer. He was the pitching coach at the University of Florida and all these great programs and did so much great stuff. Uh, won a championship in college baseball. Was it was it Florida or Texas? Uh, I don't remember, actually. I know that he won a championship. It was, I believe, might have been, I think it was Texas. But um, what was the best part of working side-by-side with Tom this summer? The best part of working side-by-side with Tom is you learn something every day. Just just like talking to him in a normal, casual conversation, he, you can still pick up something and learn from him. He's just – he's so smart and so well-versed in baseball that it's it's really impressive to just hear him talk and look at players and just watch players, you know. And so, like, there were plenty of scouts who came up to me with names and throughout the season, and they were like, oh, this guy's for sure going to get drafted. This guy's definitely. And I would go and talk to Tom, and I'd be like, hey, there's a lot of buzz around this guy, you know. And Tom would be like, are you serious? I haven't seen anything like that, you know. And sure enough, draft comes around, and Tom's right, you know. That guy doesn't get drafted, or the other guy doesn't get signed, stuff like that. And it's like, 
his view on the game and being so close to it and being so well-versed in it throughout his entire life, especially in the college world, is so advanced and impressive that it's impossible not to learn something from him just in, like, casual conversation. And so I think that was my favorite part about working with him this summer is I could sit down before the game, during the game, sometimes even or even after the game, and just talk, and we he would just – I'd pick his brain a little bit without him maybe without him realizing it but I mean it was invaluable to me yeah I I didn't get to spend necessarily the amount same amount of time that you did with uh coach holiday this summer just because the job description for you was more hands-on with th but I felt the same way it was just always great to hear what he had to say about the team and about the players and for clarification he won his college world series as the pitching coach of Texas. He started his career at the university of Miami, Florida in 1976. So he's been through Miami, Florida, Arizona state, Oklahoma state, NC state, Auburn, and Texas. So some just incredible baseball programs. He's seen some incredible players. His son was a big leaguer. So there's just so much to learn from him. And um, I think that that's, that's a super valuable experience for you. Yeah, it was, it was far and away one of the most educational summers I've had. And um, truth be told, if I could, like, work with Tom again down the line, I would take a job like that in a heartbeat. Yes, absolutely. So um, this this question kind of is a little bit off of that, where we're talking about what TH had to say to you. But this doesn't have to be from TH's mouth. But the question is, what – if any piece of advice or advice did you get this summer that is going to stick with you going forward? Piece of advice that's going to stick with me. Um, hmm. That's a good question. I'm trying to think. It doesn't even have to be advice. It can just be takeaways. Just any like main takeaway that's going to stick with you. Yeah, I think the biggest takeaway for me is that there's always something you can do. There's always work to be done. It should be told. I get that. I I kind of learned that takeaway from you a little bit. Not even a little bit. It was really you who showed me that. There's always something more we can do. I mean, we were stuck early in the year with very limited data almost nothing, you know, and we were doing our best to try and get some prep and try and do what we could. And even still, it felt like we were just treading water. But once we started getting more data and more access to information, we just kept finding different ways and different things we could do to give ourselves, give ourselves and give the team an advantage, you know. And I think if you go – just improving my work ethic this summer was a huge step up for me because I like to think I had a good work work ethic before this, but working with you and everybody else in that press box and seeing just how, uh, you know, how consistent and committed everybody was to getting their work done was a huge eye-opener for me. And it was just something like there was always something – that we could be doing 
you know? And once I yes. started learning that, it was it wasn't like it was hard, you know? It was more I found it more fun, you know? Yeah. Looking yes. through advanced data and being like, Hey, this is notable. This is something we should like make a note of. Or hey, this like we had that one Orleans game where they threw Chase the louder. They're only lefty, and we looked and we saw that they had no other lefties in their bullpen, you know? Yeah. We saw they only had, like, four righties in their bullpen available for that day. We put that whole thing together, and we smoked Orleans that day. Mm-hmm. So no, I agree. That, I agree. That extra step and going the extra mile, even if it means staying up till 1 a.m. in the press box to get an extra team done, it's it's a game-changer. I agree, and I I say I would say the same about the people we worked with all summer. Like seeing being surrounded by people with that kind of work ethic is so important. Uh, I think it's part of the reason why I'm excited to start my career. Obviously, I don't want to jump the gun. I'm still a junior in college. I have some some time left at Babson and a lot to learn. But I am super excited to start in my career just because I know that once I'm surrounded by people like that, it, 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 you have to rise to the rise to the competition you have to rise to that level or else you're going to get weeded out and we know that as i told you many many times this summer there was no one on the cape this summer to fill the shoes of that position better no one more qualified to be in baseball than yourself and for you to have that eye-open experience of okay maybe i do need to work a little bit harder is going to be so important for you because you have everything you need on the baseball side of it so if you can unlock say one more gear on that work ethic it's it's over like you're you're going to be doing incredible things in baseball so that's that's a good takeaway from the summer i think you answered that question very well yeah i it's just i there's so many takeaways from the summer that i could name but i think in terms of the biggest one that was probably it that one it was eye-opening and i'm not going to knock myself and say i had a bad work ethic before the summer but i found that I could work harder. Yeah, no, there's always, enjoyed, there's always another I gear. I enjoyed working harder, you know? Yeah, yep. There's always another gear to be tapped into, so that's, no, no matter how hard you work, there's always something that you can either optimize or maximize or tap into, so that's, I'm yeah. excited to hear, I'm excited to hear that. Granted, it may require more caffeine than I need, <laughs> but, you know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's just, that's not just always one. a bad thing. Yeah, not a bad thing. So that that was um, well answered. And then to to well for before I ask you these last couple of questions, I just want to thank you for one sitting down with me today. I know you're very busy moving back to school, getting ready to get get everything ready to go. So appreciate you taking the time to talk with me. I appreciate all the le- all the lessons that you've given me this summer, working with me this summer, bringing me on as your sidekick. It's been such a pleasure. Man. And I don't like the sidekick name. I I I gave my I gave myself the sidekick name, and I was a good sidekick, and I did a great job. And if I motivated you to be better, then that's all you can ask for from your sidekick, no? That's all I can ask for from a teammate. Okay, all right, teammate, whatever. It's it's unimportant. But the last couple questions are rapid fire questions, so I'm gonna kind of ask you them you don't have they don't have to be long answers they can either be quick or you can give them like a quick brief kind of answer okay okay all right so what was the best swing 
that you remember? That can be either an individual swing, like a home run swing, or someone who just had such a nice swing that you loved. Oh. I got two. Okay. The first one would be Kenny Lavari's first day at BP. His swing and just putting balls into the outfield and, like, over the fence and right field is so smooth. It works so fluently. The hands work. The legs work. The hips work. It just – it all came together really nicely, and I just really liked it. And I think with a little more time in the cave, considering he only played 12 games for us, he probably would have had a – he would have been able to really make a difference. Um, and then my other one would be Nolan McClain going oppo at Orleans. Mm. So, like, just way too casually. Yes, very, very smooth, very powerful swing. Okay, good answer. Second, best defensive play that you saw this summer? Oh, um... I'd say it would be against Bourne when Seth Stevenson ranged up the middle and caught that little blooping fly ball. Yeah. Fly ball. Good answer. My that answer is was, yeah. Go ahead. The Garrett, the Garrett Martin home run oh, robbery. Yeah, that yeah. That's my that's my answer. I forgot about yeah. the Garrett Martin. <laughs> yeah. Home Garrett Martin. Robbery. The Seth one was really nice too, though. The Seth one was really nice, but I forgot Garrett Martin got up over that fence and yeah. pulled that home run back. Both great plays. Favorite individual game from the summer? Um, it would have to be the Orleans game when we that chased the louder through. We just jumped on all their pitchers, and we had so much advanced data on their pitchers. I, I felt like we kind of won that game. Like, you and I won that game. It almost felt yeah. like. <laughs> yeah. Not to take away from our players. They obviously won the game, but I felt we had a pretty big hand in that. That that was the most that was the most work we did for a pitching staff all summer and we put up a thirteen spot. So yes, that felt very good. All right. Next favorite blown call by an umpire this summer. Huh. There's about a thousand of them. <laughs> How about the ground rule double at Brewster that was called a home run? Yeah, is that your favorite? Which like maybe the foul ball home run that was called fair at our home field against Harwich? Yeah, which was proven to be foul by Trackman. Yes. Oh man, I think I think the ground rule double only because it led to TH's only ejection of the summer, and I'm actually happy I got to see a TH ejection. Yeah, you know, I'll go with that one too. It was it was cool to see him coach the game from behind the dugout. Yes, very cool. Okay. That, all right, this is the last one. So you can think about it and answer it well. Your best and most favorite baseball style on the team. Baseball style. I should have known you were coming with a style question. Yeah, you know I'm big on that. Ooh. Um... I think I gotta go with Soretti. Mmm, that's a good one. You know, he just, it, the look. It was it, he had the ball player look. Switch hitter too helped. Very, 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 very swaggy. So I actually Are you have still one sticking more. with Benefield. 
I liked a lot. I I liked a lot about Benefield. Uh, I liked I liked the way he looked, and he played third base. So you know, I'm I'm a homer for third baseman. So that it's tough. It's tough because just my love for people who play third base kind of sways me in that direction. But yeah. um, there there's I like I like Max Romero. He just had such a presence in his uniform. Like the he just he just no, when he was in the box. It was either yeah. him or Danny. Yeah, his catcher gear was really cool too. I actually have one more, and it was your favorite player to watch, either defensively or pitching wise or offensively from another team. Oh, good one. My favorite player to watch from another team would have to be. I got two. It would either be Neto from Brewster. That kid could play. It was unfortunate to see him get injured in our game, but in that game, he still showed out for them. Yes. Defense, offensively and defensively. And then my other one would be Chase DeLouder because every game he played, especially against us, he hit the ball so hard. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I think for me, those are good answers. I would either say that – um those are two good answers. I really liked Brooks Lee and Dalton rushing as well. Those two stand out to me as just guys who just hit the ball so well. Such great swings. Uh, oh, in the I mean, Dalton got us, I think, twice this year and took advantage. Like, he just smoked balls against us. And Brooks, he had that one in our last game against Whitey that he crushed. Crushed it. It was just so great to see so much talent this summer. But again, oh, thank you for answering. Thank you for answering so many questions, and thank you for such a great summer. I wish you the best, and I will definitely be seeing you soon, and hopefully on the baseball field because I have I have some some hits to to make up for because so far yeah, in yeah. our careers playing against each other, I have zero hits, a couple walks, but no hits. So I'm I'm ready to go. Yeah, you need some. I, I'm they're I'm coming up on you right now. <laughs> they're coming. Jack, thanks again though. Anytime, seriously. Hell of a summer. Alright, I'll see you. I told Jack throughout the summer a couple times just how excited I am to see what he does in baseball. Um, something inside of me tells me he's destined for greatness in this game. Um, something inside of me tells me that he's going to make a very, very big impact on an organization in the not-so-distant future. And getting to work alongside with him was such an honor. It was such a pleasure. And although he doesn't like that I called myself his sidekick, that's how I felt this summer and in the best way possible. I felt like I was his sidekick, just trying to suck as much knowledge as I could from his brain and trying to pick his brain and certain ideas, what he sees in certain players, what he likes to look for in certain players, how he likes to fill out his scouting reports, what he likes uh, analytically, what kind of numbers does he like, just trying to get as much as I could. And I don't think he truly understands how much I enjoyed working alongside with him. He is a great kid, and he is going to be 
a gem for an MLB team to capture. And I'm super excited to see which team captures him, which team utilizes his ability, and what he does in baseball. Um, Going forward, I hope to stay in touch with him and we can hopefully do some great things together. Uh, I hope our 10 partnership together isn't done. um, And I just can't wait to see what he does. But this was the 18th episode of Inside the Park from Babson Park. I'm back on campus at Babson now, so I'm going to be looking for some more interviews. If anyone has any ideas on people that they think I should reach out to, they want to see, please let me know. I'm open to talking with anyone in the sports industry. I love seeing all sides of the game, Um, not just baseball, but anything. Uh, Although baseball is my focus point, I would love to talk to anyone in any field. So I hope you enjoyed this episode between Jack and I, and thanks for listening.